Welcome to the Executive Function Podcast, where we make the invisible keys to success easy for you to teach your child. We'll go beyond theory to proven action, helping you create peace and independence at home and at school with your host, educational author, award-winning teacher, and celebrated learning coach, Sarah Kesti. Hey, everybody. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for listening, and thank you, thank you for sharing the show. Every week, it seems like we grow, and every once in a while, I'm getting these amazing emails from people who have been referred to the podcast from someone else, so thank you, who really are having their lives and their perspectives changed, and that's what this is all about. So I am just so grateful for our group. And today we're talking about something that is long overdue in terms of just kind of working on executive function. So today I wanted to talk to you about setting a foundation for strategies, sort of getting the right mix of the right things ready for behavior change. So picture this, round about the middle of January. In any given year, we're each caught up in this dance that we've created for ourselves, okay? So we're making peace with the lack of progress on our New Year's resolutions. You know the dance, right? Like you shake your head and think, nah, that wasn't a big problem to fix anyway. And then you shimmy into a little agreement with yourself. Like, okay, I'll start for real tomorrow, Then there's the swing of the hips where you make some positive steps only to walk it back a bit with the refrain, well, there's always next month or year or week. And while we usually laugh about it in January, it's true the other 11 months too. Change is hard. I can imagine each of us could list some started but unfinished projects or self-improvement quests that kind of faded away. Or maybe you have some new habits you've dabbled in but haven't really stuck to. Change is hard. Interestingly, though, when we're working with our kids to improve some of their behaviors, yes, you are hearing air quotes there, (laughs) we forget our understanding of change. We expect that if our kids can say it, then they can also just do it. And Oftentimes, the changes seem so logical and obvious that we assume if our kids don't make that change, then clearly they just don't care or aren't trying. Let's get our brains out of this trap. We know that executive functions are complicated and nuanced. They manifest and operate differently in each brain and in each stage of life. Executive functions are intertwined with one another and depend on both internal and external factors. I'll use the example of having your child start using a planner partially because I think we've all been there. Logically, we know that our adult brains need to have things written down, right? Like if they're not accounted for in a list or on my phone or on a sticky note, whatever our systems are, then the things we need to do or remember are probably as good as gone. So 
When we see our kids struggling to remember assignments or when they are genuinely surprised by deadlines or events, we think, duh, just write it down in a planner. The cue for our brains is the struggle we observe. If you're forgetting your to-do list, then you should make a system like a planner to help you remember. If then, just do it. You should. That's the logic for those of us trying to help. For our kids, however, their perspective could be remarkably different. They may recognize that they're missing work, but they attribute it to task-specific reasons. So, for example, they may have a story for each piece of work and be so dialed in on their reality that they fail to zoom out and see their own pattern. To someone who is on the ground level playing whack-a-mole with assignments, adding a planner will feel like just one more thing to do. Can't you see they're drowning already? Now you want them to write down the work in some new tool? Why would they want to see how long the list is anyway? You hear that right. Our strategies, our problem-solving efforts can actually feel like extra stuff to our kids with executive function challenges. If we jump in too quickly and skip allowing our kids to see there's a need, then our kids will push back against us. If you're nodding because it sounds like I channeled your kid, I hear you. And we've come to the most important understanding of changing behaviors. Whatever the change, it has to come from your child, not be thrust upon them. The foundation for any strategy is developing self-awareness. Yes, from the outside, waiting until our kids have that self-awareness, waiting for them to feel the need for a strategy is painful. But as much as you can, resist the urge to rush the change process. No one could take your post-holiday sweatpants-wearing comfy self and get you to a 5 a.m. hit class immediately, right? Think of your child's change in these terms too. It will be slow if it's going to last. If we rush our kids, if we spend another truckload of money on planners or calendars or sticky notes or apps, they will flash in the pan at best. At worst, our kids will argue with us or even pretend to use the strategies for a while in attempt to please us, but with no long-term buy-in. Maybe it's a twinge ironic right now. I've spent the first part of the show raising your self-awareness about your child's change progression. Maybe you're starting to agree that there's a need to try something different. But your kid's executive function is lagging, and right about now, mid-semester, that lag is showing up in lots of missing work or crazy hours spent on homework. How do you get them to agree to use strategies at this point? It all starts with self-awareness. We've got to help our kids see the challenges in neutral lighting. And this is harder than it seems, right? Like, we likely don't want to spend the time asking questions or helping our child reflect. After all, every day without the strategies in place is another day that the grades are hemorrhaging. 
My best way to increase your child's self-awareness involves two main methods. Depersonalize the challenge and ask lots of good questions. Let's start with depersonalizing. Depersonalizing any challenge means taking away the judgments and assumptions about behaviors. You can do so pretty easily by talking to your child in terms of their brains or their habits. Instead of asserting to your child, you never get organized, you lose everything, you can depersonalize with, man, I notice you're looking for the same things over and over. I imagine that's frustrating. It seems like you have a brain that has a hard time organizing. Or another example, instead of accusing your child of procrastinating on purpose, which implies a moral component to their situation, you can say, you're doing work right before it's due. It seems like your brain does that a lot. The effect of making an observation statement that depersonalizes is twofold. First, you help shine the beam of attention on a pattern problem one which your child may legitimately not yet see. And second, it helps pave the way to accept help because it distinguishes between child the human and your child's brain. I know I myself don't want to feel cornered, judged, or shamed. But if someone's noticing something about my brains or my habits, not about Sarah the human, I'm much more likely to listen and keep my guard down. When we state that someone's brain or habits have a challenge, that preserves their dignity and allows them to separate from the problem. We validate that the human isn't making bad choices, but instead, their brain has some needs that are not yet met. The second part to helping your child establish a baseline for accepting strategies is to ask lots of open-ended questions. This overlaps a ton with coaching. Good questions allow your child to examine their own thinking or notice patterns in their life. My best advice is to start with questioning what's going right. Here's what I mean. When your child has an easier time with homework or earns a great grade or shows some new independence, help them tease out what's working. Practicing metacognition, which is thinking about thinking, can be done through any context, so why not start with the most positive realms? For example, when your child finishes homework quicker than usual, you may ask things like, what went right? What strategy did you use to... How did your brain get through that work today? Your child will likely engage with the positive reflections and will realize that there are strategies they're already using. This self-awareness lays foundation upon which we can build strategies to address deficits and challenges. But we've got to have a foundation and help our child see the building tools before we even ask them to construct anything. That means it's slower, yes, but if it's lasting change we want, depersonalizing and raising self-awareness are the only ways to get there. Go grab that kid. Time for this week's pep talk. Hey kid, your grown-up just learned why just telling you to do something 
isn't enough. Did you know that too? I imagine that there are times when you really, really want to improve something, but you find that making a change is trickier than you predicted. Or maybe you think you got it, but when you go to try the new strategy or routine, you realize that, nope, you don't got it. Human brains, am I right? But change being tricky doesn't mean change is impossible. You're always changing, right? It's just that when you want to change on purpose, let's say to manage time differently or to remember to turn in your homework, it takes a bit more effort. Your grown-up learned today that to really get and keep strategies working for you, we need to do two things. We need to make the struggle less personal and we need to help you see what you already do right. Okay, how many times has a grown-up, a teacher, or a parent told you that you don't care or are lazy or could do the thing if you really wanted to? Lots of times, right? Thing is, that's usually not true. Most of the time, you're working against some brain challenges that you can't control, but you can influence. It's certainly not helpful to hear that you, the human, are being naughty when it's your brain that's complicating things. So, your grown-up took the challenge to help separate out brain moments from you as a person. You may hear them say that your brain might need or tell me what your brain is going through instead of telling you that you are choosing the challenge. It's a small change, but trust me, it will help you feel like you and your teachers and parents can all team up to help your challenges rather than feeling like everyone is blaming you. The second part is your grown-up is going to help you see what you're doing right. You probably have lots of strategies that work. Knowing what works and seeing the spots where you still need strategies is called self-awareness. It helps you get curious about your struggles, which puts your brain into problem-solving mode. And kid, once you're in that detective perspective, you are one unstoppable human. So let's figure out what works this week. Let's think about what your brain needs and stop saying that you, the human, are choosing these struggles. Detective perspective, here we come. Can't wait to hear about your unstoppable moments, kid. All my love and talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Executive Function Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to sarahkesty.com where you'll find more resources and chances to connect with others. And please remember to like and review the show wherever you listen to this podcast. We're eager to transform the lives of even more families.